comedy mushroom cult podcast welcome back welcome back welcome back all right it's been a couple weeks um if you're somehow watching the video or this ends up being a clip sorry it's grainy uh i don't know where my uh tripod is i think it's in the back of tyler ross's car um from our little tour but i'm not gonna stop doing videos um now that we're on it um still not gonna release the whole episode i don't know why maybe someday i will it just feels like a lot of editing for a lot of nonsense it's just me sitting on my couch without a shirt on to the uh internet's chagrin if you will um that's what i want to start this episode off with uh uh fat shaming is uh not cool if you care about things like that um, I've been sharing clips of this podcast on the interwebs, um, on reels. They're doing okay. One's got over like 5,500 views, all that other shit. Hasn't, uh, gotten any more listens to the podcast. Hasn't gotten any more followers on the Instagram page or on my page. So, I mean, uh, is it useless? Is it pointless? Is it just empty entertainment for people to, um, fill up their meaningless lives? Sure. Um, but you can listen to last episode for my rallying against um, all of the content that we have out here these days of nonsense. But uh, the only two negative reviews I've gotten off of it have been about me not wearing a shirt. And uh, yeah, the camera angles aren't great. I'm not going to spend a bunch of time trying to like figure out the perfect angle. Sorry, my cat was trying to eat my breakfast burrito, so I had to spray her with the water bottle. Um, but yeah, we're not spending a bunch of time on the video here, on the production here, on the lighting. Um, I'm using my front-facing camera, like the, the video camera off my laptop, just so I can maybe get another clip out. Um, just to do the bare minimum that you're supposed to do on this. But yeah, anyways, sitting here with my shirt off, and, I mean, I know that, like, I could look better with a shirt off, that's fine. Um, that's why I'm not, like, upset about being fat-shamed. I wouldn't even call it fat-shaming, except for, like, the one guy says, uh, put on a shirt, or quit sharing your shame, um, or something like that, which is very funny, because, like, I've been almost a hundred, I mean, not almost a hundred, like, 60 pounds heavier, um, 60, 70, depending on when you run into me, um, and I've been having pictures with my shirt off on the internet for almost a decade over half a decade for sure so i mean i am definitely not ashamed of my voluptuous uh male figure um but what really annoys me is when like i'll try to like put up a post about something and like a prime example uh pat mcafee puts up a post uh says pick your picks and you can win something and autocorrect corrects colts like the football team to clots like a blood clot and then i noticed it and then i replied to my own comment saying colts period fuck me for getting that wrong period and then it like pops up and it's like instagram flags these because other comments have been uh seen like this and have been reported which is just absurd because for instagram to flag that and not flag people like just being rude 
And, like, I don't really care about them being rude. I understand the, like, I'm not somebody who ignorantly wants everything the best and sugarcoated for me in the world. Like, I understand that I'm putting myself out there on the internet. Um, If it goes well, I get a bunch of praise and I get, um, like, highlighted. People enjoy it. People learn something from it. And then I get a little ego boost from it. And if it goes wrong, uh, I get called fat or told that I should put a shirt on, which is like, yeah, that's what you, that's what happens. Like you're supposed to get positive and negative feedback from things. Like I've been told way worse things than that. And like, I'm not going to make it my entire, like, like my entire internet presence now. Uh, like I've seen a lot of people do like, yeah, I'm fat. I would rather not be fat. Um, these people make a pretty good point. Like, I'm not going to be, like, I'm not going to mince words about it. Yeah, I want to be less fat. I definitely want to look better on camera. I want to do that for myself so I feel better because I feel better than I did when I was 60 pounds heavier. I'm pretty sure if you're a heavy person and you lost 50, 60 pounds, you would feel better too. If you don't want to or it's because of some sort of emotional trauma, blah, blah, like all of those reasons, fine. Live your life, be happy, be healthy, do whatever. I don't care. I'm not going to make fun of you. I'm not going to shame you. But you will feel better if you lose weight. It's just a fact. Um, So these people aren't wrong. And I'm not, like, mad about that. I'm mad about Instagram and really the internet at play. The people behind it as well are just as culpable. Trying to... And I don't want to throw around thought police. Like, I'm not, like, a fucking... I don't know. Like, I'm not a right-wing internet star where I think the thought police are coming at us, it's 1984, they're double thought, double speak, all that other shit. Like, I read the book, it's a love story, whatever. Um, But, I mean, that's what they're doing, is they are teaching you how to talk on the internet, stopping you from using cuss words, stopping you from feeling frustration, stopping you from venting frustration. But you can pick on people with pretty much impunity until they report it themselves. And, like, it just is, like, I don't want to use culture war, but it really is a culture war. Let me try this burrito. Got a breakfast burrito. Was worried it'd be cold in the middle. It's kind of cold in the middle. Sorry for eating on mic, but it's morning time. I got to work on a little bit, so we're more multitasking here. But whatever. Like I said, I don't care about being called fat on the internet. But it's just kind of a bummer that when, like, when you put yourself out there and you try to do something on here, like, you'll get flagged for, like, the most inane bullshit. But if somebody, like, just misses the buzzwords, they get under the thing. So it's really policing words. It's not policing intent. It's not policing anything because they're lazy. They want to make an algorithm to make everything better and change your lives. I don't know. I don't want to rally on this forever. Um, I just wanted to lead off with that because I feel like it's nonsense. Like, I don't know. We live in a society. We live in a society with a bunch of people. The internet attack like gets you in front of a lot more people. So you're going to get a lot more comments, both positive and negative. Um, so to just completely wash out the negative is, like, insane. It's absolutely insane. Like, it shouldn't, like, live with the consequences of your actions, both positive and negative. So, I don't know. 
what I'm saying is, yes, I'm trying to lose more weight. You're not wrong. I should probably wear a shirt if I'm putting it on the internet. But also, I don't give a fuck. Um, this is how I feel comfortable doing this. This is how I want to do it. And that's that. I'm not going to make a big stance about it. I'm not going to listen to Lizzo before I go to bed tonight um, to hype myself up, think I could be a fat backup dancer. I'm not going to do that. What I am going to do uh, is play John Popper and uh, Blues Traveler at the end of this because he's a fat icon who has also lost a bunch of weight because he knows what it's like. Uh, water break. Um, but no, I did go on my my tour. That's why there hasn't been an episode. Um, that's also why I can't find my camera podcast thing. Uh, because, I don't know, I left it in the back of a car. But I did make a list of things that I've learned while I was on my trip. Because that was something that I learned pretty quickly. Is that, um... Even though, like, like we hit on the last episode, I'm dumb, um, but I don't know if it's, like, sheltered or if it's just, like, I don't know, you learn things, then you storm away, and you keep it rolling, and you just kind of move on with your life, and, like, you just work with the information you have. I think it happens to a lot of people. I think it happens really more negatively. Like, you learn, like, this is an example, I don't believe in it, blah, blah, whatever. Like, you grow up in an all-white town, you find out that black people are others, you don't want them in your town because it changes the thing, then you roll with that, and then you move on to your life, you meet some people, you meet some different colored faces than you grew up with, and you learn better, and you move on, and it's a better thing. That's the same thing that I'm taking on with uh, all the dumb shit things that I learned on tour, and that, like, none of them are really life-changing, but they're things. That's much too big of a bite. Um, mm, mm, mm. Not gonna edit it. Sorry about it. I really should have like less contempt for you people who listen to this. Thank you for listening, but like also, what's going on in your life that you're here? Um. I mean, I know what's gone with, wrong with my life. That's why I need attention. But like John Brown said, it feels like therapy enough, and this isn't therapy. Um, but it pops in and out. It's part of the thing. Talk about your feelings, whatever. Um, so things I learned about on my trip. So I flew out to Los Angeles to meet Tyler Ross. Uh, he was already like halfway through a tour. Um. He was stopping in L.A. to do a couple shows and then working his way back. Um, So I flew out to L.A. and I met him there. And we did a whirlwind of 10 days on the road. Um, I have 11 bullet points. I wanted to do one for, like, each day. Um, But I ended up with an 11th point because it was nice. Um, And, like, I learned a couple things in California. So, um... So, Tuesday the 6th, flew out to LA, um, woke up at like 3.45 Central, because my flight was at 7-something, like 7.15, um, had to get to the airport, all that other shit, by like 5, 5.15, um, so I needed to get up, finish packing, all that other stuff, uh, landed in LA about 11 o'clock their time, uh, Tyler couldn't come get me until about 
uh, almost noon, which is fine. Traffic in LA sucks. That's like one of the only things that really, the traffic being terrible and the weed being very good and very strong are the two things that LA lives up to 100%. Um, the rest of it's kind of overrated, but it's cool. That's perfectly fine. Um, I could see myself like tricking myself into moving out there to try to be famous. I, I kind of like the lifestyle. Um, I would also need a lot more money because like you can't, I don't know. I liked waking up then just like doing mics at night and stuff like that. Like, and that was cool, but like having to work and all that other shit and drive around, it's too expensive to drive everywhere. Um, but what I did learn in uh at los angeles is that 7-eleven is open 24 hours i thought that 7-eleven stood they were open until 11 seven days a week seven days a week 11 p.m 7-eleven i thought i heard that somewhere i thought that was the idea behind the name but i learned that day one because we went to a 7-eleven at like 1 30 in the morning And that's why telling you I woke up at 3.45 Central is important. I think it was maybe 12.30, 1 o'clock, not 1.30. But with the time change, I was up at least 23 hours in a row. And here's the thing about time travel and moving between time zones is that it doesn't seem like it, especially in a place where there's no clouds and it's sunny until it's not sunny anymore. It's like sunny, then it's nighttime. That's all it is. It's wild. Um... But yeah, learned 7-Eleven's open 24 hours. I felt like a big dumb idiot, but that's something I learned. Like I said, these things aren't important. These are things that um, that I learned. Uh, bullet point number two. On our drive up from LA to uh, Truckee, uh, which is outside of Reno, it's like a ski town. Uh, it's very beautiful up there. Um, but all of California is... Like, it's like a mountain, there's no grass, there's no trees, and then all of a sudden, it's trees all fucking over, and, like, lakes, and it's cool. Like, it's com it's three different states in one. I understand why they want to be broken up into three different states. I get it after being out there. They should be. Um, it's three different states. It's three different things. Like, South, LA, or like South uh, California is completely different than, like, the middle and the north. <laughs> Split it up, make it into three states. It's got to be... Um, I mean, it's going to fall into the ocean eventually anyways, uh, if it all doesn't burn out, burn down anyways. Um, but that's something they don't have really a, uh, humor about is that they're all going to catch on fire. Cause there was like in Truckee, there was a forest fire, um, like 50 miles away or something. Like they had to like keep track of the smoke inhalation for the next day to see if they could go do like outdoor stuff. That was very wild, but it does make very pretty sunsets. So I don't know. The world burning down is kind of beautiful at the same time. Uh, but the other thing I learned up to Truckee, and because they have no water and everything's on fire, uh, they're very, they want dams or they want to get rid of dams. I don't know. There are a lot of signs telling Gavin Newsom to do things with dams and water and that they're wasting water or that they have too much water. I don't know. Everybody seems pretty torn about it, uh, but Gavin Newsom needs to do something about dams. That's the one thing I do know tons of road signs about it like in every other state it's anti-abortion uh billboards and road signs in california it's either pro-dam or anti-dam i don't know which side we're supposed to be on but it seems like having more water is a good idea uh not wasting water is a good idea um but i don't know whose side that's on so i don't know gavin newsom do something about dams i don't know what we're supposed to do about dams again 
uh, because I don't live there and I'm not like hip to the thing. And I live near like one of the biggest reserves of fresh water. Shout out to the Great Lakes. Shout out to the Midwest. But it seems like you should be doing something with the fresh water. I think one of the things they said was stop letting water go into the ocean and wasting our water. Which is funny because every river like ends up in a larger body of water. So like they want you to stop rivers from being rivers. So I mean that kind of is stupid. But like I understand like hey if you see a bunch of fresh water running into the ocean. You're like hey there's a bunch of whatever. So I don't know. Do something about dams, Gavin Newsom. Uh, point number three, uh, also in Truckee, tons of uh, tons of mountains, tons of hills, tons of trees. Um, the weather's more temperate than other places in the region. Um, I thought that'd be a perfect spot for Bigfoot to live. Apparently, he doesn't live there, um, but there are UFOs out there. Um, that was a point of contention in the crowd in Truckee. They wanted to make sure that I knew that Bigfoot didn't live there. Uh, that was for sure. But UFOs, uh, they do happen or they don't happen. Again, it's a damn versus no damn situation in Truckee. Um, I'm not sure who's right again, just like the dams. I'm not sure who's right about UFOs, but they need to figure it out. Either they have them or they don't. Um, but either way, let's not, let's not fight about it. Oh, yeah, I did not warm this burrito up at all. Still kind of frozen. Um, oh, it was actually Boise that fucked up the, the notes on this. Um, Idaho. It's just Ohio West. Um, it looks the same. It feels the same. Part of it has, like, some mountains, but not really. It's kind of flat compared to everywhere else. It's kind of just like, hey, we moved the Midwest all the way over to the West-West. And I don't know if Idaho counts as the Midwest, but it shouldn't. Um, I don't really know where the Midwest starts and ends. And, like, what happens up in the north part up there. But it doesn't fit. It's kind of flat. It's kind of boring. It's farmland. Um... They make potatoes, but, like, the craziest thing that happened in Boise is, like, so we did a show um, where originally we had, like, had it set up that we were going to be, like, guest spots on the show. Um, then the person who set it up there doesn't work there anymore, and they told us to reach out to the headliner. The headliner was like, yeah, I know nothing about this, uh, but it's kind of bold for you to ask for two guest sets to somebody you don't even know. And we were like, oh shit, like we didn't know those guest sets or if we were on the show, whatever. So we thought that we were fucked on Boise. Um, but then we reached out to the owner. The owner was like, yeah, come on through. Um, so we were like really nervous that we were going to get uh, yelled at by the headliner um, about it being two guest sets. But when we got there, the owner's like, yeah, I told the other openers to fuck off, which is like very bold to do. So we both ended up doing time on the show. I'm like actually being part of the show. The show went fine. Uh, it was the first night of Pride in Boise, which like Pride in September might be the perfect time to do it. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. Um, it was part of like the heat wave that was out there. But like usually I would say September might be a good time to like do parades and party and dance on people. Um, so I don't know. Maybe we should move Pride Bump to September. But there's a lot of football. I don't know. It might counter whatever. So. 
I don't know. So I was the first person to perform on Pride Week in Boise at this club uh, in front of uh, a solid uh, dozen people. So that was kind of nice. Twelve people showed up to this thing. Um, and then, but like the thing that they kept talking about before the show started, they were like, oh, great. You guys are here. You're in town. That's fun. Are you guys staying for the rave? Uh, we're having a rave. Uh, it's called Nocturnal Fridays. I guess they have a rave every Friday. I don't know if it's every Friday, but it's a nocturnal Friday, and they have uh, a rave in Boise. Um, I don't know where else you would have a rave, but Boise doesn't seem like the rave kind of scene. Um, so there were like people walking in there with like glow sticks and like those like whirly doos that you spin around in the air um, to like house music. People were like setting up. There were like a bunch of tables where they were selling like nonsense rave tchotchkes. Um I bought something, but like. It was very funny that the whole room, to me, uh, was all, like, dark, and then there were, like, glow sticks and black lights and shit like that, and the only other lighting in there was just, like, pure white light on the people's tables selling stuff, so you could see what they were selling. So, like, they were like, yeah, we love rapes, and, like, one of them, the lady that I bought something from was, like, dressed like an elf or something, um... So, like, they're into the the rave scene, into, like, the weird shit, but, like, they know that commerce is king. Capitalism, like, capitalism is one. We can't, we can't beat it if it can't even make its way through the rave culture. Um, but, yeah, it was just, like, white hot light over all the things that you could buy. And, and that was the only light in the room that wasn't, like, glow sticks or black light. And it's just, like, we were standing there um, just talking, and then, like, they were setting stuff up. And, like, you had, like, a little bit of background music, but you were like, oh, shit, the rave had, like, started. And it was just, like, I don't know. It, it's a very interesting setup of, like, like, everybody finds their scene, I guess. Like, you had, like, scene kids, like, that were super into pop punk and, like, emo and shit back when I was growing up. Um, I found my scene in, like, comedy and, like, open mic stuff in my 20s like everybody finds their scene but to end up in the rave scene in boise just is absolutely wild to me um especially when there were more people there selling shit than actually doing rave stuff um that's kind of fun uh but also you don't i don't know you just don't expect it it was a very interesting scene um but like the one thing that you could tell like you know like the guy in like the real baggy like skater sweatshirt that always has his hood up and like a flat build hat on um and is like always walking around with like and he's always got glasses on he always wears glasses he's got like a shitty patchy beard and he walks around wherever you're at kind of like in the background and you know like that's the drug dealer that's the guy who you get your drugs from we spotted him right as soon as he walked on the spot and we're like oh that's the drug guy and like a fun thing they had a quiet room where if you're like too hyped up on molly or whatever you could go into the quiet room uh where it was quiet they had activities to help you wind down um they also had a sign saying they had narcan just in case you like got some lace drugs it was like a very like interesting thing so then you see like oh this is like the psychic vampire this is the this is the drug dealer of the crew and then like people started flocking to him so you're like that's 100 percent the drug dealer wrong absolutely wrong he was selling stickers, uh, and apparently he's the best sticker salesman in Boise because all these people were hyped for his new stickers. And before you're like, oh, it could be like acid paper. It wasn't. It was stickers. We saw him. He was selling stickers. It was insane. Uh, so raves in Boise, uh, wholesome, very wholesome rave in Boise. Uh, but we did leave before like 
11. So, like, I don't know what happened afterwards. I don't know exactly the time when we left, but it was, like, definitely well before midnight. So, like, I don't know. They said it goes until, like, 4 or 5 in the morning. We were not sticking around that long. Um, another quick note. There's onion trucks everywhere in the West. I guess that's where onions are grown. I would have thought root vegetables may have been more of a Midwest thing. Maybe East. I don't know where I thought onions came from uh, and how they got places. But just semi-trucks filled with onions. So next time you're at the store and you see onions, uh, I don't know. That's kind of, that's where you, um, that's where your, your onions come from. Is out West and giant trucks. I don't know. I was to explain it. It blew my mind. Um, but there were like four or five semi trucks filled with onions and it wasn't the same truck. I thought it might've been the same truck cause we stopped and like they went past, but it was like a different truck. Like we saw so many onion trucks and I don't, it blew my mind. I don't know where I thought onions came from. I don't know how I thought, like I didn't, I don't, who knows? Anytime I've seen onions, they've just been in the store. I don't know where, the, who picks it, whatever giant onion trucks. It was was crazy. Um, Salt Lake City, probably my favorite city on uh, the tour that wasn't like home or Minneapolis, which is basically home. Um, Salt Lake City was super cool. There were a couple local guys, Orion something, Brian Higgins. Um, Orion has the best joke I was the most excited for because we like the people who put it on. Uh, it was called Ninth and Ninth Books and Music or something like that. The super cool little consignment shop that sells like uh, like books, knives, um, musical instruments, records, like pretty much anything. And it's like a super cool thing. Like the example I keep uh, giving people, like it's like kitschy and like they're, they're not like alt right at all, but like they have like a copy of Mein Kampf because it's like a banned book and like, they're like anti-band books. So like, it's super cool. Um, the guys are like super, uh, mellow, super cool. Um, and you don't expect it in Salt Lake City. Like you think of like the Mormons, like we listened to the book of Mormon on our way, like the, um, the musical, not, um, the actual book of Mormon. But, like, we, we listened to that on our way into Salt Lake City. A uh, beautiful city. Uh, very clean. The mountain just, like, wraps around the city. It's very picturesque. It's very beautiful. Um, and it's kind of my vibe. I don't drink anymore. Um, so I don't need bars on every corner. There's coffee shops everywhere. So that's kind of cool. You can get different coffee everywhere. Um, it's very laid back. There are people of color in Salt Lake City. So that's good. Um, just in case you were worried about that. Um, they have something about beehives. Not sure what it's, what's that's all about, but whatever, but it was a cool vibe. Um, but yeah, Orion has my favorite bit. Um, the place wanted us to have local people in the show. So it wasn't just me and Tyler coming in from out of town. Um, so we had people send us clips. Uh, the one dude has been doing it a year and a half has this fun bit where like he walks up on stage in a button down shirt and then he'll be like, Oh, I'm overdressed or I'm underdressed. And then he takes the button up off and it's the exact same button up with a tie on underneath it. It's hilarious. Um, it was the thing that I was looking most forward to on the trip to see that live. Uh, it did not disappoint. It was very funny for me. Um, it was also dark out. So I don't know if like the crowd completely got it cause it was outside and it was dark, but it was cool. Um, but yeah, that show went really well. It was fun to hang out with everybody. 
Um, the other, like, undercurrent of all of this is we went to, like, a weed store in L.A. on our second day there, um, just before we had to hit this apartment show, um, we went in and bought, like, pre-rolls, because we are like, oh, we're gonna need, like, weed for the run, we don't want to, like, roll it ourselves, um, and we're going through, like, a lot of illegal weed states, so we don't want, like, it to be, like, just a sack of weed laying around. So we got pre-rolls, um, I got a vape cartridge, and like I said, the California weed is way too strong. Um, like, and I smoke weed pretty regularly, um, not like a super big, ooh, look at me, I guess I am on Twitter, but like, um, in real life, I'm not like a super big weed guy, <clears throat> and like this, it's 30%, 30% THC in these fucking things, it's, it's too, it's too high. Like, the rent is too damn high, guy the THC is too damn high, like, that's, that's one thing I know for sure in that, um, so, like, the guy with a smoke weed in his back patio, um, yeah, so then, <clears throat> like, that show went off well, uh, the guy reminded me a lot of Anthony Savat, if you know Anthony Savat, you can kind of just picture this guy, um, just, like, actions and everything was very similar, um, then the next day, we went to Wyoming, um, because it was the Sunday of 9-11, never forget, um, and, I mean, I've, like, I've made a post about it, but I tore it down because I didn't want it to be, like, hacky and, like, be rude on 9-11, but, like, until somebody, like, wrote, like, a long status about how 9-11 changed their lives while they were, like, living in the Midwest in 2001 as a 10-year-old, and how it completely changed their lives. Like, yes, it changed our lives, it changed the entire country, blah, blah, blah. But, like, it was, like, oh, the loss and everything. Like, I can remember things. You were 10. Like, get over it. You were 10 in Perrysburg, Ohio. You you weren't directly impacted. You didn't have to get on an airplane for a while after that. Um, you didn't know any, like, you barely even knew New York City was a place. You didn't, I didn't know the Twin Towers were a thing until it happened. So, like, whatever. So, until I saw that, um, I forgot that it was 9-11 the next day. Because you're just, like, caught up in things. So, I did forget. Um, so, I was the reason why you're supposed to say it. But I remember before. So, whatever. Um, I'm one of the good guys. But NFL season started that Sunday. And we wanted to bet on games. Uh, so, we went into Wyoming. Um which is impossible to get cell coverage and cell service, and none of them, like, the, none of them have Wi-Fi, because they're all like, oh, yeah, the Wi-Fi guy was supposed to be here last week, uh, and that was 10 years ago, and we just never set it up, so, like, there wasn't Wi-Fi, um, my cell phone barely worked, we got bets in on the road, that was fine, um, but my point here is don't trust, uh, chicken from random sports betting tracks, uh, it's, it was like a sports betting, uh, horse track that, like, piped in videos from like horse tracks across the country um that you could bet on there were like a bunch of um slot machines you went in there they served like bar food like i ordered chicken fingers don't order chicken fingers from a bar uh because in wyoming because they'll be undercooked and you'll bite into it and it'll be raw chicken i didn't even know chicken again chicken fingers are raw chicken i thought they were like already cooked and you were basically just warming them up nope they were raw in there um, so I thought I was going to get food poisoning for, like, a solid hour and a half, and, the, like, the only other thing that, like, made it redeemable, and I didn't even get to take advantage of it, was beers were 50 cents. Like, you could get 50 cent beers all day, which is insanity. I don't know how they get anything done in Wyoming. If I was, if I lived in Wyoming, I would never, never be sober from booze. 50 cent beers? That's where I would hang out. 
50 cent beers and slot machines. I don't like slot machines, but for 50 cent beers, I'll I'll go to the slot machines. Um, but yeah, that was that was the point for Wyoming because uh, we drove through there. Um, <laughs> after Wyoming, we like stayed to, like we didn't do a show in Wyoming because uh, it was like a f- 13 or 16 hour some long ass drive from Salt Lake City to uh, Bismarck, North Dakota. Uh, so we like drove an hour into Wyoming, watched football for the afternoon, and then drove like six or seven hours. Stopped at a hotel. <clears throat> crashed, slept, woke up, drove to Bismarck, um, went to another hotel. And that was, like, the other thing. is like, it's a lot of movement. It's a lot of, like, just go, 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 which is kind of fun. Like, you don't have to think about anything else. You don't have to worry about anything else. Uh, but being in a car fucking blows that long. Um, but we get to Bismarck, and it was, like, they have signs everywhere in North Dakota saying it's God country, um, which is fun for me because, like, it's very north, and if you've heard, I believe Wisconsin has more God than Ohio because it's more north. That makes us closer to the sun uh, and the sky, and that's where God lives. Um, so North Dakota, closer to the sun than Wisconsin, so more God. Makes sense. Completely tracks. Um, but I tried to make a joke about it uh, to the fine people of Bismarck who have decided that, like, yes, they're they're a godly country, but, like, they... Uh, want to outwardly accept people it was like a hyper wisconsin where like where i say that wisconsin is kind but or is nice but not kind and it was like the same thing in bismarck where everybody was very nice very polite but like there's like a, oh we we need to be like this because people expect us to be the other way um so i made the joke because like when we checked into the super eight motel or best eight or hotel eight whatever the fuck it was um the guy was, like, weird that two dudes were checking in together, and it ended up being, like, a single bed, uh, because, like, we set it up online, and it was, like, you get this special deal, but you don't know what the hotel is until after you make it, and it was, like, whatever, it's cheap, we'll just do it, so it was, like, a queen bed, we both had to sleep in it, it wasn't weird for us, uh, but the guy was, like, oh, are you checking in, too, and I was, like, oh, no, I'm with him, and the guy was just, like, super, super weird about it, he's, like, are you sure, like, it was, like, one of those, and that was the joke, was, like, after traveling the whole country, it's nice to be in a spot where, like, they're fine with you sleeping in a queen bed with another man, but they're gonna ask you, like, a whole bunch of questions to qualify it, uh, before they're actually fine with it, and, uh, which is what the Midwest does, is, like, they'll ask you 14 times before they're just like, oh, whatever. Um, North Dakota also doesn't like gay, or not gay jokes, they, they're they probably big fans of gay jokes. Um, they don't like God jokes uh, at all. So, like, I did, like, I was doing, like, 20, 25 minutes through the whole thing. Um, if you know my act, I have, like, a couple of really good jokes about uh, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Um, so I did, like, all my other material, and I was like, look, guys, I know that you guys are into God, there's a priest here. Um, so I just saved this all for last, so you know it's all fun, you know, everything I made fun of was just for fun, and I don't really care. So I did those last, and did I lose the crowd instantly? They're God country, but hate jokes about it. Like, it's, it's a very strange thing. Um, bum bum bum. Minneapolis. There's two more bullet points. I don't know if this is good entertainment, but, like, this is the best way I could talk about this in, like, some sort of, like, straight-line story-wise way without bouncing around to, like, little minutia shit that happened. Um, Minneapolis is great. Um, I think that's just the note. Uh, yeah, Minneapolis rules. We did two nights in Minneapolis. We did a brewery, um, 
that was super good. Like, that was maybe my best set of the whole time. Uh, absolutely crushed there. Um, great time. Uh, Shiloh and Casey were local comedians on the show. They were really good. Um, the place was super cool. Um, but then, like, afterwards, we, like, so we were doing uh, apartment shows and, like, trivia at this apartment complex, and they gave us, like, the guest suite um, so we could stay there for free. And so, like, uh, the first night, it, I mean, we drove from uh, Bismarck into Minneapolis and then, like, had to get to the show, like, instantly. So we didn't really get to chill. Like, got into the room, passed out after the show. It was really good, but we just, like, died. Um, but the next day, we got to dick around Minneapolis for a little bit. Um, got to chill. I went to, like, a park with a lake. There's a nice coffee shop. I had a coffee um, by the lake in this park. I worked out somehow like messed up my ankle real bad so that's been fun to deal with but uh then we did like this uh trivia for the apartments and I absolutely kicked the shit out of everybody like I wasn't allowed to win because I was part of the thing I was doing time on the show we didn't want people to think I was cheating because I knew the guy like I straight up crushed him like whoever like the people who won there were five rounds I had the same score after four rounds as the winner ended up having after five rounds like, absolutely just, like, dog-walked them. And I opened up my set with that. They didn't like it. Whatever. Who cares? Set ended up going well. We packed everything up. We got a bunch of free food, got some free drinks, blah, blah, blah. Um, so we go back to the apartment. We turn on the TV. There wasn't a lot on the television. And we watched America's Got Talent. Um, after smoking, of course. Um, never watch America's Got Talent while you're high. It is the craziest show. And none of it makes sense. Unless you've been... Like, I've never watched an episode all the way. We watched it. Um, it was the finale, apparently. Maybe it was an old one. I don't know. Because I saw on the thing the other day that there was another finale. I don't know if it was a two-night finale. Who knows? Um, but they had, like, a deep fake Simon Cowell... Um, they had, like, some weird, like, hologram box for people to say hi to their family. Like, it seemed like a very weird way for, uh, them to, like, show whoever them, capital T-H-E-M, them, is to, like, put out more, like, technology, uh, than we're ready for. Um, but yeah, so they have, they have that. And it was just very strange. Like, none of it was good. Um, the one person who won, or who was about to win... Uh, was just like a pole dancer that didn't do any pole dancing. Um, and then the other group was like a group of just like, um, I believe they said they were Turkish, either Turkish or Armenian, uh, which I know is like a problematic thing to mix up. Um, but it, Lebanese, that's who it was. Sorry. I completely got it. My apologies. I got everything completely wrong. Um, but they were Lebanese and they were just like a dance troupe and that was like their thing. It wasn't anything crazy. No. Beat it. Everybody's trying to eat my burrito. Um, so the dog tried to eat it. But yeah. So there was that. Um, they won. It's very weird. There were like a hundred of them. Um, like literally half of them were on stage. The other half were in the crowd. And then there was just like one random dude who was like their wrangler. So we were like, this is a very weird. It seemed very dark um, the way that it was set up. But they won. Congrats to them. They get a show in Las Vegas or something like that. Um, then after Minneapolis, we woke up, uh, drove down to Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, 
um, to do our last show. We got in town a few hours early, so we hung out in like this cool coffee shop in Oshkosh. I forget the name of it, um, but it was nice. They made a pretty good oat cortado, um, had pretty decent drip coffee. Um, their Wi-Fi sucked, so I read, so reading's cool, but, like, I don't know, get better Wi-Fi, it's 2022, um, so I couldn't get anything done on there, but, I don't know, it was just nice to be home, it was nice to perform in front of people that, like, you kind of know, um, and it was really nice to, like, the thing, the hardest part of that, though, was, like, I'm an hour and a half away from home, haven't been home in 10 days, or 9 days, whatever, we're on day 10 of 10 of this tour, um, and you're an hour and a half away from home, but you're, like, five to six hours away from, like, actually being home, uh, because you have a show to do, so, like, that's what, like, that's where this goes from, like, being fun to being professional, is, like, I don't know, I could have just been, like, fuck it, I'm gonna go home, sorry about it, guys, I just don't feel like it, I want to call this, but, I don't know, your name's on the poster, you gotta go do it, um, and that's where, like, I'm glad people love doing comedy, and I love doing comedy as well, but, like, it's, when I was watching the, the and one street ball, um, documentary and they were talking about like, yeah, some of us could make it in the pros. You guys couldn't come to the streets and like keep up with us. And like, I think it was Kyrie Irving or somebody else was like, yeah, you guys get to play basketball high and drunk and we have to play basketball when we don't want to play basketball. Like we have to do it at a high level when we don't feel like doing it. Yes, we love it, and yes, we're glad, and we're lucky we get to do it, but you guys can do it whenever you want, we have to do it all the time, and that's, like, the line that, like, separates uh, the boys from the men, the women from, or the girls from the women, the theys from the thems, like, that's what separates uh, everything from, like, doing it fun to doing it all the time, and making it seem like you're having fun, because, like, if I'm going to be honest... Yeah, like, did I have fun during my set? Did I have a good set? Was I glad that I got there? Do I love doing comedy? Yes. But it was like, man, I really wish I was at home in bed right now. Um, but I don't know. That's kind of my trip. Uh, my 11th point is there's no place like home because it was nice being home. Um, I'm definitely ready to get stuff moving, though. Um, that was one thing for sure that I learned is that um, take this how you will, but I'm one of the best comedians in the country, um, and, like, I work with a lot of the best comedians in the country, it's not, it's not just me, it's a lot of people who, like, until you get out there and see how, like, they're doing things, but compared to the people in LA, I'm just as funny, um, compared to the people in every other town, I'm just as funny or funnier, um, people, like, the first night I was there, I did a show, in front of, like, all people from foreign countries, and absolutely murdered, so, like, my stuff works in different countries, so, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, you learn just by branching out, like, you learn whether you're actually good or not, and I learned that I am good, and I have, like, imposter syndrome a lot, um, but, like, it's, uh, it's just one of those things where it's, like, it's time to put full effort into this, it's time to do it, I bought a PA system, to start putting on my own shows, so I gotta start reaching out to people about that, um, and I gotta get it out of my own way a little bit more, I started getting, like, a little, like, choosy on where I did shows, um, and for how much money, and I think we just gotta stop that, um, we're gonna just do shows, and we're gonna keep doing it, and then the money ones will show up when they do, 
Um, but yeah, it's time to like get everything else out of the way of that. So, um, that's exciting. It's not a bullet point that I put on there, but it was nice to learn. Um, so I don't know. That's my trip recap. Thanks for sitting through it with me. This one's longer than it usually is, uh, but who cares? You're here for it. Um, but yeah, man, thanks for listening. Who is Ray Roberts.com? Uh, who is Ray Roberts on everything? Um, send me money if you want. Buy t-shirts. That helps. Um, and I don't know. Enjoy Fat Icon, John Popper, and Blues Traveler um, with one of my favorite songs. And it's about uh, traveling. That's why I like it. So it's called Carolina Blues. Nothing else.